the NOCO Manufacturing Partnership identified three areas they wanted to focus on, um, and those they call Manufacturing Rocks, which is addressing um, students' perception about manufacturing, that manufacturing is not the manufacturing of the old, dirty jobs, that there are some clean, unique jobs there, um, and that it's a career, not just a job. Welcome to Economic Development Secrets, where we interview economic developers from across the country. From rural areas to metros, from small EV shops to large regional organizations, we'll hear first-hand accounts from economic developers in the trenches. From what works to what doesn't work, how to build local support, and how to get creative in order to push deals across the finish line. You'll hear everyone's economic development secrets. Welcome to this month's episode of Economic Development Secrets. This month, we are joined by Sana Kendall, Economic Health Manager for the City of Fort Collins, Colorado. As you heard earlier, Fort Collins has three manufacturing rocks, which have a goal of educating young people about the industry. You'll hear about each of those rocks and how they work together to inspire students in Fort Collins. We also discussed how Sana's organization was one of the first in the nation to have a sustainability service area and how their downtown was the inspiration for Walt Disney's Main Street. It's that time again. Let's jump right into Sana's economic development secrets. Hi, Sana. Thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Thank you for having me, Nicole. Of course. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah. So um, I have my background is in uh, small business. I have my uh, degree in accounting from Colorado State University, both my undergraduate and master's degree. And uh, my husband and I owned uh, two local restaurants in Fort Collins till actually this last year. He's been retired ever since, so we have that experience in the small business background. Um, in addition, um, we have three kids here in Fort Collins and um, raised all three kids here and love the area. Great. How long have you been in the economic development field? So I actually am um, celebrating my fourth uh, year anniversary with the city of Fort Collins. Uh, before that, I was at Front Range Community College as their business program director and full-time accounting business faculty member. Can you tell us a little bit about your organization? Yeah, um, so I work for the city of Fort Collins. Um, and if you don't know much about Fort Collins, we're located about an hour north of Denver in uh, beautiful Colorado. Um, we're a community of about 161,000. 30,000 of those are uh, students at Colorado State University. Um, the population um, size, you know, it has been growing exponentially. So um, huge growth happening here in Fort um, Huge biking. Um, bands and beer culture here as well. Okay, neat. Can you tell us a few major employers that you have? Yeah, so um, our major employers here in uh, Fort Collins, uh, besides the local government, so City of Fort Collins, Lambert County, and Colorado State University, we have the University of Colorado Health, a huge medical system here. In addition, we have uh, Broadcom, which was formerly known as Avago. Hewlett Packard. Um, we also have Woodward Inc. and um, Otterbox. Okay, very big names. That's awesome. 
And then your office is formed under a triple bottom line, right? Yes. Our office is formed under the triple bottom line. Um, it is called the Sustainability Service Area. I believe we were one of the first in the nation to have a sustainability service area. And what it did is it took um, one existing department, Environmental, and um, also broke out Economic Health, which is very similar to Economic Development and bringing the Urban Renewal Authority under Economic Development as well. And then we have a social sustainability that addresses um, affordable housing and um, homelessness issues, poverty, um, all of those. So we've got those three different departments under one chief sustainability officer, Jackie kozak Teal. Oh, wow. That's so neat. So then how many people do you have on your staff? So in economic health, we're actually one of the smaller staffs. We have a staff of six people. And then the social stability you have rather than doing business attraction, correct? Or rather than focusing oh, on it? Yeah, so um, in economic health, our main focus, um, we talk about it in different tiers. Our main focus is in business retention, and, it, and then it goes into expansion, assisting businesses in that expansion process. Then the third goal is incubation, and then the fourth is um, attraction. So our main focus is on the businesses that are currently here, helping them thrive and expand um, as they continue to grow. Great. Well, and then can you elaborate a little bit more on your business retention program? I know you have a very robust business retention program, and that's one thing that I know a lot of economic developers uh, struggle with is business retention itself because it's so easy to get caught up in the business attraction side of economic development. Yeah, so um, gosh, when I first started with the city back in 2012, they actually didn't have a business retention program. They weren't quite sure. They knew they needed to do something, but they just weren't sure what to do. And so my role was created in that, and I created a program and a couple of things. We we are focused on primary employers, so employers that export at least 50% of their goods um, outside of the city limits and bringing new dollars back into the city. Um, typically, most folks think of that as large businesses, but those are the small businesses as well. We've got companies that have 5, 10 to 50 employees that also are doing a lot of exporting out of the community um, in terms of their products and bringing new dollars in. Um, so a couple of things that we did was um, we have what we call our kitchen cabinet breakfast. They're a monthly breakfast. We invite uh, C-level folks to those breakfasts, um, and we try to coordinate those so that we've got, let's say, um, folks in the beer industry in one month, and we have folks in manufacturing in another month, aerospace in another month. So we really try to gear that towards those industries. Um, and what we do is we meet for breakfast and we just say, what's keeping you up at night? And surprisingly, that takes usually an hour, hour and a half, and it's a small intimate group of about um, 10 of us. Uh, it gives the businesses an opportunity to get out, outside of their business and hear what's going on locally with the other companies that um, they might not have known at that point, and it gives them an opportunity to network and maybe collaborate on future projects. So the kitchen cabinet breakfast has been very successful for us. Um, in addition, we do the typical surveys. Um, you know, how is 
your business doing, what, what are your views on the future, those aspects. Um, we also do site visits. So I target about 50 companies a year where we come out and we visit and understand what their challenges are and how we can assist in that. Um, I play a very ombudsman role with um, those businesses and so they have one point of contact with this large city organization. If they have uh, utilities challenges, planning challenges, they can contact me and I can get them to the right person or, or find out what the right solution is um, so they have that opportunity um, to have that specialized um, relationship with me as well. And um, I also coordinate the mayor and city manager visits to these primary employers as well so they can, uh, the leadership can really understand what is going on uh, from the business side. So just more opportunities to hear businesses and what their challenges are and how we as the city organization can help them as they move forward and continue to grow. Great. Wow. And then it really comes down to forming those relationships too. Yes, definitely. Okay. Wonderful. Um, and then... Could we talk a little bit about why you had mentioned companies are moving without incentives? Mm -hmm. Yeah, happy to chat about that. So um, in the time since I've started with the city, uh, we've actually formed um, our, around our business assistance uh, policies. So before 2012, we didn't really have an assistance policy in place, and that's typically what you would call incentives, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we really looked at, well, what are we trying to achieve with those? And um, how are businesses perceiving those, as well as the community as a whole? Um, so we, we've created this policy. Um, certain things have to be in place. It's really formed uh, to help manufacturing, primary employers. Um, if it's a corporate office, it, it probably won't meet some of the uh, requirements because the assistance package, the incentive of that is um, a rebate of your manufacturing use tax as well as uh, business personal property tax, so 50% of your business personal property tax that the city receives. But we really look at it from a holistic point of view, so it will also go through a sustainability assessment looking at the company as a whole, um, the jobs they're bringing, but what type of jobs, um, the environmental impact, the social impact, what are they doing in the nonprofit community as well as how are they helping their employees grow within their own organization. So we do a sustainability assessment that can also help us inform us and our community on the assistance that we would be providing. We have not actually provided many assistance packages since probably 2014. Um, we do have a lot of companies that come and ask for assistance. Um, and a lot of that can be done through that ombudsman role that I was speaking about um, and talking about the connectivity we have in Fort Collins, the walkability, the um, bike, biking aspect, all of those things that create that sense of place where they're going to be able to find the talent and connecting them with the resources to find the correct talent for those organizations. Perfect. That sounds wonderful. You guys have a carbon neutral by 2020 challenge for small businesses. Can you elaborate on that? That is very, very unique. Yeah, so the city of Fort Collins has adopted a very aggressive climate action plan 
um, which is to get us to carbon neutral by the year 2050. Um, very lofty goal for sure. Um, you know, in terms of what it would save us by the year 2050, it would be between two and six billion dollars. Uh, one of the biggest challenges, though, is not only to shift the um, way of thinking for uh, the community members, but also the businesses. And so a couple of things that we've done is really kind of engage businesses and trying to understand what would the challenges be, but also asking them what are some innovative ideas that we can try to implement to help us in reducing um, this carbon gas emission, the greenhouse gas emission that um, has a definite impact in the area. And so that's been very unique is having those conversations with businesses to understand what some unique ideas will be and really looking at it from that sense of what would it take to actually um, an idea to full fruition and what does that look like and what are some opportunities as well as challenges. So we're looking at it from a holistic point of view. That is so neat. You guys have a sector partnership. Yeah, um, so back in 2012, uh, Governor Hickenlooper had brought up the idea of sector partnerships um, for all of Colorado. They did some mapping to understand uh, what the different sectors were that were really driving the economy in Colorado. For northern Colorado, the um, industries that they identified were manufacturing, health and wellness, uh, creative, and then energy. So those were kind of the uh, sectors that they identified. Um, one of the unique things about sector partnerships is it brings in private industry, government, and educators together. Um, the unique part about it is it's not driven by the government entities or the um, higher education. It's actually driven by the private sector. So our manufacturing sector, the NOCO Manufacturing Partnership, is um, one that's recognized actually nationally for um, the work they've been doing. Um, and again, it's really driven by the private sector, and we're just there to help coordinate, align, and make sure that everything is, is moving forward in the way that they need to find the talent, as well as to address some of the challenges they might have. So the NOCO Manufacturing Partnership identified three areas they wanted to focus on, um, and those they call um, manufacturing rocks, which is addressing um, students' perception about manufacturing, that manufacturing is not the manufacturing of the old dirty jobs, that there are some clean, unique jobs there, um, and that it's a career, not just a job. Um, and then we have manufacturing talent that's really addressing how do we make sure that the curriculum and the education that's being taught to students align with what's needed in the, the industry. And then the last one we have, which call, we call manufacturing networks, that's actually trying to do a couple of things. Um, just as the title says, it's networks, so getting manufacturers out of their facilities to get to meet other manufacturers who might be facing the same uh, challenges or opportunities. It, um, there's professional development opportunities there, so we do insight tours. Um, they focus on one specific thing, whether it's um, slow manufacturing or lean manufacturing. Um, in addition, we're trying to address some supply chain. So making sure that folks know that there is a supply chain here and what, what opportunities there are here. So 
we just actually hosted what we call NOCOM, which is our manufacturing trade show hosted by manufacturers for manufacturers. And we had 800 attendees this year, which is great, um, from all over Colorado, Wyoming, and Utah. So we're seeing that it's spreading outside of our jurisdictional boundaries and is really kind of reaching um, far in between and allowing them to be able to collaborate better that way as well. Very, very neat. Well, and then can we talk about a project that you've worked on before? I believe we'd mentioned before Woodward. Yeah, so um, the Woodward project is actually a very cool project. Uh, Woodward Inc. was um, exploring uh, where to locate their headquarter and expand their manufacturing sites. So they actually have um, manufacturing sites in Fort Collins, Loveland, Colorado, which is a municipality and community just south of us, um, as well as they've got sites in Illinois. And so they were exploring where they could move their corporate headquarters as well as expand their manufacturing. Um, gosh, in 2012, we looked at multiple sites for them, and they, uh, we, we have um, shown them a site that's um, actually a former golf course. It's close to downtown. It's actually probably not one of the easiest sites that they could have selected. Um, but Woodward ended up selecting that site because of a couple of things. It's close to our downtown, which is a very vibrant downtown, um, and it's close to their partners. So Woodward actually collaborates quite a bit with Colorado State University and their powerhouse or engines lab. And so we've been close proximity to that site as well. Um, the unique piece about that is it's also the site being close to downtown is going to be able to help them attract uh, new talent because of the walkability, the bikeability, the ability to shop or host folks during lunch um, and the after-hour meetings. You know, we've got several breweries, including New Belgium and Odell, close to that site. Um, so those are unique aspects of that site. In addition, Woodward is a great partner in the fact that they purchased this 100-acre site close to downtown, and they actually then turned around and um, gave the city of Fort Collins about 30 acres of that site that lines the Cooter River, and um, gave that to the city of Fort Collins for natural areas, so to improve bike trails and paths along the Cooter River and to do some restoration around there, too. So great partnership in regards to that project. Um, they're going to have almost a million square foot in uh, corporate headquarter and manufacturing at that site, but great partner as well. So uh, very happy that they chose that site uh, that benefits not only the company, but the community as a whole. That is very great. Can you tell us a little bit about um, the process that you went through to get them to commit to Fort Collins? Yeah, you know, um, so actually, you know, the way these typical projects go is um, we receive the information about an inquiry through the state office. No one knew what the company name was. They just said, please um, help us understand what the sites are, um, what type of assistance you would be willing to provide, all of those aspects. So. So we went through the normal um, state process 
as they started to narrow down the sites because they were looking outside of Colorado as well, um, they said, okay, if they selected Colorado, that they um, were looking at two sites, one in Loveland, Colorado, and one in Fort Collins. And so um, we were able to narrow down that site. Um, it's the old Lincoln Green Golf Course that's close to our downtown. And then um, we went into negotiations with Woodward um, and really talked about what they were trying to accomplish as well as what the city was trying to accomplish overall um, in terms of the restoration of the river, you know, um, those updating the um, natural areas, all of those factors. Um, so we went into contract negotiations with them and really trying to understand what they were trying to accomplish. And that, I think, um, really helped. Woodward, obviously, as a great partner in our community, understands um, our community just as a whole and its culture and its vibe. And um, that they wanted to be a good partner in this conversation. So that was a big piece of the negotiations. Um, now, Woodward, we did a little differently um, in the fact that they are getting tax increment financing from the downtown area. So it is in the downtown boundaries. Um, so our downtown development authority has um, tax increment financing approval um, abilities. And so they are getting some uh, tax increment financing, but that was to help improve infrastructures along main corridors of the road as well as facade improvements. And then they um, received some construction use tax rebates as well. So um, we think we've got a great project um, in terms of what they are doing with their project as well as how they've dedicated those, that natural air, those 32 acres for natural areas. Congratulations on getting them. It's so neat seeing the whole process of you know, getting companies to move, just seeing the whole process from start to finish. It's so interesting. Each one is so different. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because, like I said, they're in Fort Collins as well. So a lot of discussions about what they're going to be doing with the existing Fort Collins site that they were in and, and how that can be refreshed uh, for other purposes for Woodward. But still, um, so we were not losing them at both that, that side as well as the Loveland side. Um, so they've been a really good partner in terms of that conversation. Um, when they were in discussions here, they were at about um, 300, 400 employees in northern Colorado. And they'll um, go to as high as 1,600 employees when it's all complete and said and done. That's incredible. Neat. Well, and then you guys have a very thriving downtown, right? We do. Um, we, as, depending on who you talk to, it is um, designed from Main Street of, for Walt Disney. So when he, he saw pictures of what our Fort Collins downtown core looked like, um, that is how he designed Main Street in Disneyland. Really? Um, so, yeah, very cool and very unique. We do have a very thriving um, downtown that is mainly uh, locally owned businesses, uh, unique shops in the area, um, and we also have a lot of primary employers. So Otterbox is within walking distance to the downtown, um, of course, the city of Fort Collins, and Lamar County have offices downtown, and then Woodward and a lot of the small uh, manufacturing facilities are um, close to downtown. 
We even have our incubator, uh, Rocky Mountain Innisfere, close to downtown. Um, so it's walkable, bikeable. Um, we hold lots of events there as well, but it's definitely um, a unique opportunity. We have the bands that play there. We have Thursday night movie night. Thursday nights happen to be um, downtown's new Friday nights. It's just as busy as Friday and Saturday nights downtown. So lots of great events um, that are family friendly as well. So it is the heart of Fort Collins. That sounds so wonderful. And I know a lot of communities struggle with that. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. You know, it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of great communication with multiple entities, business owners, nonprofits to make sure that our downtown continues to thrive. Um, so it's definitely something that we have a lot of pride in. Good. Well, then you'd mentioned the Downtown Development Authority. Do you have any other groups that help with your downtown area? Yeah, so we have the Downtown Development Authority that, um, like I said, has a tax increment financing approval. In addition uh, to that, they do some alleyway improvements. So they do a lot of infrastructure improvements. So they make alleyways um, better lit, walkable, creative. It's actually very unique. Um, in terms of that. And then we have the Downtown Business Association. So there is um, a Downtown Business Association in the city of Fort Collins um, has a board seat on that and um, I am the city liaison for that. So I get to see the small business side of that opportunity as well. Uh, they do most of the coordination of the events downtown. So we do the uh, Colorado Brewers Fest in downtown Fort Collins that's hosted by the DBA. Um, we actually have what we call the downtown square that is owned by multiple partners, um, but that the DBA helps um, manage the schedule and maintenance of, as well as the DDA and the city in partnership. Perfect. Yeah. Well, and then I have a few wrap-up questions for you. Um, the first is, what advice do you have for a young economic developer who is relatively early in his or her career? I would say the best advice I got was to ask a lot of questions and speak up. Um, definitely, you know, relationship building is a big part of our jobs and being able to speak up and ask people what's going on and how you can plug in is a big piece of that. Are there any economic development resources that you would recommend? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, IEDC, so the International Economic Development Council, is great. Um, they have many, many resources. I would say that piece is a really big one. Um, IEDC has the uh, what they call EDRP, the Economic Development Research Partnership. Um, the city of Fort Collins happens to be a partner in that, so they do a lot of uh, white papers and analyticals, and that's a great resource of information. They look at best practices all over, uh, not only the U.S., but in uh, the world, so that's a great resource. I would also say plug into not only your state, but your regional economic development organizations. So in Colorado, we have the Colorado Economic Development Council and um, they provide a lot of professional development as well as mentoring opportunities. Um, so definitely plug into those organizations at the state, local, regional levels as well. 
Perfect. And finally, what is your favorite hobby? Oh, I'm a tennis addict. So I do play a lot of tennis, um, which actually has helped in a lot of networking opportunities. I have met a lot of people that way. So, really? Um, <laughs> women's tennis, lots of networking opportunities. I used to joke that the city should pay for my tennis membership because I meet <laughs> so many corporate executives that way as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, but hey, whatever works, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, great, Sana. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, and I'm always willing to help out a fellow economic developer, so please feel free to um, share my contact information as well. Thank you again to Sana for sharing her experiences in the field and some of Fort Collins' unique aspects and activities. Stay tuned for next month's episode where we interview Denise Sanderson, Director of the Economic Development and Housing Department for the City of Clearwater, Florida. Economic Development Secrets is brought to you by Impact Dashboard, the only impact software built for economic developers. 